Welcome to the River Bluff Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon from Lead Pastor Joe Still. And for more information about us, please visit riverbluff.org. Let me tell you something, first of all, before we get started, just in between services, there was a huge blessing. If you don't know or have not heard about the cars ministry, cars ministry is so cool. Um, so I don't know how to work on my car real well. I think I can, I mean, I can do a couple things, air filter, washer fluid, blinker fluid. Thank you for some of them getting that. But so what these guys do, there's a ministry of church and, and they, they work on cars. So people will donate cars vans, cars, trucks, whatever, to River Bluff Church. They get a tax write-off. And then our guys, I don't know how many, off the meet, like once a month-ish, something like that. They'll work on these cars and get these cars ready to give away. Single moms apply. They go through an application process. I don't know how that all works. I just know that's what they do. And then like today, a lady, her name was Princess, and her family got a new van for free. That's just one awesome thing that's happened around the river. I just, I just love that. I went out there and saw them, and they prayed over her, and they talked to her, and they, they gave her a car and a, a van. I thought, isn't that, isn't that great king, kingdom stuff? That didn't make an impact for her here because she's not a member of our church. What that does is she drives away and she sings the praises of not River Bluff, but God. And God gave her that. The glory of God is raised where she lives, work, works, and plays. And people go, if you didn't have a van last week, she goes, let me tell you what God did. And God gets the glory. Because isn't that better? So anyway, I just thought that was cool. I just thought I'd want you to know um, some of you might want to join that wonderful ministry if you, if you want to. Um, just contact the office. Gary Weiss is kind of heading that one up. How many of y'all have ever watched the, the sitcom um, The Big Bang Theory? Any, any Big Bang Theory fans out there? I love that show, right? I'm so sorry it's, it's gone. Um, but there's a guy on the show, his name is Sheldon. He's a scientist. He's so smart but has no common sense. And he doesn't understand what people are saying to him and it's common sense stuff. He just, he just doesn't get it because he's, he doesn't, he, I don't think he cares. Um, I think he's just self-absorbed. Anyway, so one day he was supposed to give this talk to colleagues or whatever, scientists, and he's trying to figure out how to do that and he, he's bad at speaking and he's, so he's asking this other girl that works, that's kind of lives with them, lives near them called Penny. Her name is Penny and she's an actress bartender, whatever she does. She's kind of flighty and kind of, but she's a lot of fun. Um, so he says, so she says, will we help you? So he goes, okay. So they're doing this talk, going back and forth, back and forth. And she's trying to go, you know, just do this, do this. And he's not getting it. And she goes, Sheldon, you have to get out of your comfort zone to do this. He goes, well, I don't understand. He goes, if I'm in my comfort zone and I like it, why do I need to get out of my comfort zone? And isn't that a question that we all have to answer sooner or later? Why do we need to get out of our comfort zone? Or do we need to get out of our comfort zone? You know, we go to church here, right? You know, most of us know each other. A lot of us know each other. Right? We, go to, we go to work. We know people there. That's our comfort zone. We have our family, we have our friends, we have neighbors. That's our kind of comfort zone. But why do we have to get out of our comfort zone? Why do we need to do something maybe different? Or why do we have to talk to people that don't look like us, act like this, or even believe like this? Why do we do that? Because God wants us to. 
To grow his kingdom, we need to get out into his harvest. We need to get out there and do things for him. If I just hang out with me and my wife and my, and my kids, it's great. I enjoy that. But how's that furthering God's kingdom? It's not. It's not. So we need to get out of our, uh, our comfort zone. We need to kind of move out there. We're going to kind of go through some things. If you turn to Matthew chapter 14 in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 14, this is a great, I think, um, illustration of how we need to get out of our comfort zone or get out of the boat, if you will, get out of the boat. If you would turn, if you've already gotten there, I'll give you a minute. You know, getting older sometimes is not much fun. So we had this thing Friday night and we're sitting around these tables and um, a couple of people didn't bring their readers because they're older like us. So we're passing readers around. And you need readers and he's trying to read his Bible like this. My arms didn't get long enough so I had to, had to break down. All right, so if you look at Matthew chapter 14, Jesus had just, John the Baptist was just beheaded not too long before this happened. So Jesus has that in, his, in the back of his mind. The 5,000 were, were just fed. Jesus just fed 5,000 men and women and kids. So There's probably more like 10, 15,000, maybe 20,000 people. Then after that happens, this takes place. So read with me starting in verse 22 of Matthew chapter 14. The Bible says this, Immediately he, that's Jesus, made the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat with all the disciples was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary, or the wind was against. Obviously a storm out there. And in the fourth watch of the night, between three and six in the morning, he came to them walking on the sea. When his disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! And cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are certainly God's son. Father, thank you for this passage. Thank you for um, Jesus being there for these disciples. Thank you for Peter wanting to get out of the boat. Help us, help us today as we understand, as we want to do something maybe different this year, as we pattern our lives after the life of Jesus Christ. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I think we can see a couple things in here. I see that the Lord tests our faith. These first couple of verses, we see that Jesus had just fed 5,000 and then he sends them away immediately. I think... Let me talk to myself. I don't know about you guys, but I know sometimes when I'm reading scripture or I'm studying something about scripture, maybe it's about, let's say, um, patience. And I go, well, I need to be a more patient person. That's one, of the, that's one of the gifts I'm supposed to have. I'm supposed to be patient. 
And then God gives me opportunities to be patient. Because you're not all of a sudden, hey, Lord, I need patient. Boom, you're patient, right? It doesn't work. That would be great if it did. Let me, let me caveat to it. If you ever pray for patience, tell your spouse. Tell your spouse. I prayed for patience many years ago we were, when I was first a Christian. Had, had a rough year. On the other side of that year, I was a much more patient person. During that year, it was tough. And I talk, when Linda and I were talking, I said, Heaven, praying, praying for patience. She goes, what? You didn't tell me? So if you're praying for something like that that affects your spouse, please tell your spouse. But I think God gives us opportunities, not for him, because he knows whether we're going to pass the test or not, right? He knows. I mean, he knows everything here, next week, next month. He knows everything. But if we pray for something, if God teaches us something, I think sometimes he tests us in that. And that's not a bad thing. He just tests us so we know kind of where we are. I think maybe a spiritual marker. I think he, I think he tests us. A couple of illustrations of that. In Genesis, I don't, we don't have pieces of paper to write on. So find something if you want to. I'm just, I have a lot, I have some scripture, but I don't have it written out or it's not up there. Sorry, I felt lazy and I had two days notice. Okay, so God tests Abraham. God tested Abraham in Genesis 22.1. The Bible says this, and after these things, what things? All the things that Abraham went through with, with Isaac and uh, his wife and all the, all the different things, his whole life he went through. After, after th these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said, here I am. God tested Abraham, not for God's sake. God knew he was going to actually pass that test. But God tested Abraham because he wanted Abraham to know that Abraham actually loved God above everything and above his son Isaac. He wanted Abraham to know that. God also tested the Israelites in Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 2. The Bible says this, The whole commandment that I commanded you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. God tested them to see if they were keeping the commandments that he gave them. He tested them the 40 years. The 40 years was a big test. On the other side, it was, did you, how'd you do? It's a long test. Anybody had a 40-year test? You did an hour-long test, you just want to die, right? 40 years they were tested in the wilderness. But I think also God, this is one that applies to us. God tests us. In James 1, James 1, verses 2 through 8, James writes this. Count it all joy, my brother, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing, there is the testing of your faith. So he's testing our faith. Produces steadfastness. And let that steadfastness, steadfastness, endurance, perseverance have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So our faith, as we're testing our faith, allows us to be mature believers. That helps being, us being mature. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask him, ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, not doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven, tossed by the wind. 
For the person must be not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in all, all ways. So as we're testing of our faith, as God gives us, he tests us in a certain area, we become wise. We become wiser in those, those areas. We become, I don't want to say better in those areas, because sometimes even when we're testing an area and maybe we've passed this test, every once in a while, that still comes up in our life. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. You know, I might, be, I might be more patient, but when I drive down the road, sometimes I'm not as patient as I should. I say sometimes with a caveat, most always. So it's just the way it goes. Um, so just, so it does come back up. So we need to be wise. We need to, we need to be, always be growing in what we're doing, growing in the Lord. So God tests us for our sakes. When was the last time you think, when was the last time you think God may have tested you in something? This week? Maybe God will test you in your, um, your truthfulness, right? Maybe God will test you in your honesty. By giving, someone will give you back too much change and you got to take it back. Honesty. Maybe God will teach you, you know, test you in your integrity. God will test us, I think. I think it's good for our good because sometimes when we fail our test, for, for instance, so years ago I was, I was working um, and this gentleman that I was working with, you ever have a thorn in the flesh? Somebody that just kind of gets you all the time? Well, that was this guy. And I didn't like him very much, but he was one of my supervisors. And I heard someone saying, you need to forgive, pray for the guy. I'm thinking, I'm not praying for my enemy. The Bible says, you know. It's one of those things where you don't really have to pray about praying for enemy because it says pray for enemy, right? The Bible says it, so that's, that's good. So I prayed for him. And it, it was better. Not great, but it was better. God answers our prayer. God tests us through this. So as you're, t- as you're praying, know that God sometimes tests us through our faith or by, for our, by our faith. Though so the Lord tests our faith. Look at, start in verse 27. The Lord comforts us in the storms. 25 says, And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him work, walking on the sea, they were terrified, and they said, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. So that's about like 3 or 4 o'clock, 3, 6 o'clock in the morning. So Jesus on the land, he's praying all night. He gets up, he goes down. Boat's already gone. Boat's out there. Boat's being battered by waves. Jesus is walking to them before they knew it. I don't know about you, that makes me feel good. If I'm going through something in my life and I'm a believer, Jesus is coming. He's coming. And I don't know how that looks either, right? To these guys, he literally, Jesus literally physically showed up. I don't know how that's going to look for you. I don't know if Jesus is going to come to you in a new job. Jesus is going to come to you in um, making your, like Joe's car, last a whole lot longer when you come through. So I don't know what it is. But I do know when we're going through storms, when you're going through the stuff in life, just know that Jesus is coming. He's coming because he loves you. He's coming to help you. And he may not come the way you think because God is not in a box. We may think, Lord, I just need a new car. 
I need, one, years ago, I needed, I needed a new car. We needed a new car. And I was praying, praying for a car. Well, my wife was really specific. She was praying for a van. Guess what the Lord gave us? A van. Literally gave us. We paid nothing for it. God was coming even before. But look, I love this part. They say it's a ghost. They're completely confused. They have no idea what's going on. And Jesus says, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Just the mere fact that they heard Jesus' voice in a distance comforted them. Just the mere fact that you're sitting here, wherever you are, things aren't going wrong, and you just call the name of Jesus, that's comforting. Just to say Jesus. Jesus, help me. Jesus, I just need some help. Jesus, praise you. The job I had before this one, I worked at a place called In-Town Suites. It's an extended stay hotel. I was in Atlanta. It was a, I don't know what, I don't know, it was, it was freezing. It was just cold. And I was getting ready to get in my car. And this lady and her young son were coming down. And all I could hear, he's coming down. Thank you, Jesus. 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 I'm like, I, I said to her mom, I said, he's, th he's very thankful. He's thankful to have a place to live. He was just praising God in his own little way. I thought that was great. He was just saying the name Jesus. And sometimes when we're going through the stuff in our life, we just need to say Jesus. But the great thing about God, let me tell you, so we all know how good God is. Hopefully you do. He doesn't just give us his name. He gives us the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, a couple of verses, so the Holy Spirit is in the Greek, in the Greek it's called the parakletos or the one who walks alongside. Isn't that cool? We don't just have this God that's far away and out there. He's a God that, he actually lives inside if you're a believer. But he walks alongside us in the stuff of our lives. Because he's our helper. One verse to say, our, our comforter. In John chapter 14, verse 16, it says, And I will ask the Father, this is Jesus' words, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. John 14, 26, but the, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said. You have the Holy Spirit living inside you. We need people. We need community. We need people to help us through stuff. But there's sometimes where we don't have people, but we have the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. That comforter, that one, that one who literally walks alongside, spiritually walks alongside us. But I think the biggest reason why God comforts us in the stuff that's going on in our life is because we're supposed to help comfort others. So a few years ago, I went through um, uh, 40 Days of Purpose, 40 Days of Purpose, Purpose Driven Life. Remember read that book? Some of y'all? All right. So there's a scripture in there that when I read it, I didn't like it. Anybody have a scripture they don't like? There's a couple of y'all. Thank you for being honest. In the 930 service, no one raised their hand. So they were much more righteous than I. Don't tell Joe there's a passage of scripture. But that was before. That was before. I like it now. 
So it says in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, it said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies and God of all comfort. That's awesome, right? God is the God of all comfort. That's fantastic. I love that. Who comforts us in all our affliction. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for comforting us in all our stuff, all our affliction. So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. That was my sticking point. My sticking point said, oh, say, so I have to go through something for somebody else. That didn't seem fair to me. So wait, wait, God. So, so I was praying. I, I really, I mean, I literally was upset with this verse. I'm like, okay, so I have to go through something in my life to possibly help somebody else out. And God said, yep. But the more I learned, the more I understood that who better to help somebody else out of a situation or so going, than someone that's already been there and has victory over that, right? If I have, if I have, let's say um, there's somebody that has a problem with losing, I've lo- I lost a couple jobs throughout a couple years. And someone to talk about that, I, I could talk to them about that. I work, I work with a prison release ministry called Fresh Start Visions. And the cool thing about those guys they are, they get out, some of them are Christians, some of them aren't, but they get out and they want to give back. Because that's important. Because they can speak into these prisoners' lives more than I can. I've not been in jail. Well, I take that back. I go to jail once a week. And they always let me out. Um, so that, that's a good thing. Sometimes Linda's wondering if I should be let out. But, but that's, that's another story. But they let me out. But who better to help those in those situations than someone that's been there, right? So this puts us to the, the thought of the kingdom. We live here in, in uh, North Charleston, Somerville, Goose Creek, the different areas we live in. Somebody on your street has lost a job. Right? You reach out to them because you're helping to comfort them like Jesus would comfort them. But they're not a Christian. And you're thinking, well, I shouldn't help them. They're not a Christian. Well, that's wrong. You should help them because they're a human being. They live on your street. And then you learn who they are. You get to know them. And then you can speak into their life for kingdom impact. So as we reach out and we see people that are hurting, people, even at work, right? Some people go, I just go to work, get my job done, and go home. Well, if you don't get to know the people around you, how are you going to make a kingdom impact at your job? If you don't know that, that that man at work has had a hard time maybe in a marriage with his wife and you don't help them out or find somebody else that can help them out, then are you making a kingdom impact? God comforts us so we can comfort others. We're supposed to do that. We're supposed to help comfort those. And Jesus, just with his words, take courage in his eye. Do not be afraid. They're very comforting. They're very comforting. So the Lord tests our faith. The Lord comforts us in our storms. And the, and the third thing is God calls us out of the boat, the proverbial comfort zone, your, your boat. Look at this in verse, turn verse 28. Peter said to him, Lord, if it's you, yeah, Command me to come on the water. First, what I like about that is Peter had, to, Peter had to look and first of all think, okay, that's Jesus. But his desire was to get out of the boat, right? He wanted to get out of the boat. He didn't want to stay in the boat where the other guys were. And let me tell you, even though there's a storm, there's some security in that boat. There's some security about that. You can hold on. You know, it's not, you're not on the water. You're not sinking in the water. But Jesus wasn't in the boat. I don't know about you, I want to be where Jesus is. And at that point, Jesus was not in the boat. 
I want to think of where is Jesus. So he says, Jesus, I want to come to the water. And Jesus, one word, he says, come. And he got out of the boat and he walked on the water toward Jesus. So he got to walk on, so there's two people that walked on the water. One that did it really well. And the one that didn't do it so well. And then it says in verse 30, after his walk on the water, he's looking at Jesus, walking, but seeing the wind. So he shouldn't have been seeing the wind, right? He should, have been, he should have been doing what? Looking at Jesus. He's looking at Jesus. He's walking on the water. He sees the wind. He starts sinking. So when we are called out to do something different, when we're called out of our boat, called out of our comfort zone, we should be looking for Jesus. I'm not saying she should do something uncomfortable just to do something uncomfortable, Right? We should be doing something out of the boat because Jesus wants us out of the boat. Some of us have been in this boat river bluff for a long time. We come on Sundays. We come on Sunday nights if we have something going on. We come on maybe Wednesday nights, Sunday school, whatever. And we're very comfortable. But we've not gotten out of our boat to share faith with somebody down the street. To share faith with somebody else. To help those in need. We've not maybe helped... Feed, feed the homeless. Whatever, there's a, there's a ton of things to do around this area that people need help in. But we've not done that because we're comfortable because we are maybe scared of getting out of the boat. I think that maybe what happened with those guys in the boat, maybe they were scared. Maybe they were, well, it says they were, they were afraid. But if Jesus is here, you shouldn't be afraid to go where Jesus is. So he says that, he says, come, G Peter sees the wind and become frightened and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Now, I think when I, when I read this, I've heard people teach on it. They get, I guess judgmental is not the word, but they get kind of like, oh, Peter, he messed up again. He said, God, save me. I'm thinking that's exactly what he should have done. He is exactly. So if, you're, if you feel God calling you out to do something and you go out there walking and doing it, and something goes wrong, what are you supposed to do? Say, Jesus, help me. Right? If God calls you out, then Jesus needs to help you out and do the stuff you're supposed to do. Because God calls us out and then we do it on our own accord, our own power. It's not going to be done the way Jesus wants it to be done. Or it's not going to be as effective or efficient as Jesus wants it to be done. And so when we do make a mistake, we're supposed to say, Jesus, help me. I think that's great. We're supposed to say, Jesus, help me. Because look what Jesus does. This is, this is the best part. He said, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him. Jesus didn't say, you know, you walked out here. You messed up. Swim back. Right? He didn't say, you know, do it yourself because you got out here by yourself. He picks him up. And then they walk back which is kind of cool. I'm sure Jesus didn't just drag him through the water. I'm sure they walked back because he's with Jesus. So that would be kind of funny looking. But Jesus picks him up and they walk back. And he says this. And I don't, I, I mean, I'm just reading the words so I, I can't hear Jesus' inflection. But I want to think when Jesus said, you have little faith, why did you doubt? I don't think there was condemnation in Jesus' voice. Because when you are in Christ, there's no condemnation. So I think Jesus is going, you little faith, why'd you doubt? Kind of as a disappointed 
dad that would be if you helped your child and your child made a mistake and you're going, you know better. So this faith, if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 6. We're going to talk just a little bit about, about what faith is. We're not going to spend a long time on it, but I just want to dive into what faith is. It's a little bit, uh, it's just the chapter before Joe, what Joe preached on last week, which is kind of, which is good. So Joe had did a great job of perseverance and persevering into the, um, 2020. Oh, by the way, let me just, I just thought about this. When you're out there writing, this is, this, is a, this is a PSA, this is for you, this is no cost. When you're out writing your checks or writing the, the year down, don't write 1, 12, what's today? Is it the 12th? Yeah, uh, one, don't write 1, 12, 20. Because someone could put on the end of that 2021, 2022, 2018. So practical, just put 2020. Someone told me that. I thought that's, more people need to know about that so they don't fraud and stuff like that. That was for free. Um, so let's go to Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter um, 11, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So this faith is knowing that things are going to happen that are unseen. So these guys, if they would have had faith in the boat, Jesus said, go across the lake. If they would have had faith, they would have gone, okay, go through the storm. It doesn't matter because Jesus said we need to get the other side. So that's okay. But they lacked that faith. They were scared. Peter took his eyes off of, of Jesus. And then down to verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 11. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. That's talking about God, please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he's a reward of those who seek him. That's the faith that we need to have. That faith is not easy. Faith in the unseen is not easy. So we have faith in a person. His name is Jesus Christ. And we read his Bible, his Bible and we learn, we go, yes. I want to have faith in that person. I don't want to have faith in anybody else. I don't want to have faith in a denomination. I don't want to have a faith in the church. I don't want to have a faith in the United States. I want to have faith in Jesus Christ. When I talk to people about you know, Jesus or talking about um, religion or whatever, some people go, well, I don't really like it. You know, those religious people are just bad people. They're just, they're just like we are. Yeah, we make a lot of mistakes too. So I always point them to Jesus. That's the one, the author and perfecter, the founder of our faith that Jesus spoke about last, that Joe spoke about last week. That's the one we have faith in. We don't have faith in me. We don't have faith in Pastor Joe. We don't have faith in a person except that that person is Jesus Christ. That's how we have faith. And then we walk by faith and not by sight, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. So, you know, why do you want to get it? Why? Okay, guy, guy, great. All this, get out of the comfort zone, get out of the boat, yada, yada, yada. But why? Why? I'm glad you asked. Because Jesus isn't in the boat. Jesus is over there. Jesus is out doing what only Jesus can do. Jesus is out doing stuff, and we need to join him in his mission. And I don't know where that is for you. That may be a physical place that you've been thinking about maybe uh, mentoring at, Oakbrook Elementary School, that may be a place that you're thinking about um, serving at. Low Country Cares, different places, um, Fresh Start Visions. There's a lot of need out there. And let me tell you, 
When you get out of your comfort zone, there is still there still could be a storm. When Peter got out of, the, out of his comfort zone, the storm was still raging. It didn't stop raging until he and Jesus walked back and got into the boat. If God says, and you feel led to do something, whether whatever that is, do it. And there, there may be a storm. Who knows if you start, if God says you need to reconcile that relationship, there's going to be a storm, right? Y'all those family members that you want to reconcile with, but you know if you do, it's going to be a storm? You're still supposed to reconcile. That person at work that you're supposed to pray for, that person at work that you're supposed to show the love of Christ, there may be some, listen, I, I shared the, I've shared the, the gospel with somebody, and they looked at me and they said, well, I am Satan, so what are you going to do about that? And walked away. What do you do with that? You just pray, pray for him a lot. I want to be where Jesus is. And Jesus, in this example, was out of the boat. Jesus may want you to get out and do something different. So I think in this year, as we get started in this brand new year, I would like to ask you to pray. Pray for um, just God's will in your life. I know that's kind of a big, large thing. And sometimes it's hard to understand what that is. But as you study your Bible, as you read your Bible, you're going you're gonna to go, wow, I'm supposed to be kind. I'm supposed to stop coarse jesting or coarse joking. I'm supposed to show the love of Christ wherever I go. I'm supposed to be all these different things, all these qualities that as a believer we're supposed to have. Maybe we just need to work on some of those and say, God, help me to work on some of those and then do it. That way you're getting out of your comfort zone. But I love that the way it ends is awesome. The way this ends in verse 32. So they got back in the boat, the wind stopped, and all those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, you are certainly God's son. Their realization about who Jesus is. That's ultimately what's important is who is Jesus? I'm, not, I'm going to caveat this. and I'm not going to say who is Jesus to you because that's also personalizing. But my question to you is who is Jesus? What's the Bible say about who Jesus is? Because that's more important than what I, who I think Jesus is. I could think Jesus is a great teacher but not the Son of God. I'd be completely wrong because the Bible teaches that he's the Son of God. He is God in flesh, incarnate. So who is Jesus? One of my uh, favorite guys to quote, William Carey, was a Baptist missionary from England to India. Um, he was going through this meeting, and one of the, he said, I'm going to go down to India, and I'm going to spread the gospel. And one of the guys in the meeting said, um, the gospel doesn't need them. If God wants to save them, he'll save them. That's ridiculous. Because God uses us. God uses us out of, outside these four walls. That's why we need to get out of, the, out of the boat. I love his saying, it says, attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. So I challenge you to get out of your boat, whatever that boat that is, whatever that comfort zone. And listen, getting out of comfort zone is not easy. I get there's a lot of fear involved. There's a lot of anxiety, um, anxiousness. There's a lot of, ah, I really don't want to. I don't know how to do that. God will give you the strength. If you want to get out of your boat and say, God, if you're there, Jesus, if you're there, I want to be there, he'll say, come, just like he did to Peter, come. Let's pray. 
Lord, we are so thankful. We are thankful for you. We're thankful for your life. We're thankful for who you are in our lives. Lord, I know that getting out of the comfort zone is so hard. It's hard for everybody, Father, but I just ask that as we think about where you want us, Father, as we think about where you want us to go, where we live, work, and play, to reach every man, woman, and child, so they don't need to go to church. They just, we just can go out there and talk to them. Lord, help me to open my eyes to see where you're working so I can join you there. And it could be anywhere, Father. Just open our hearts to your love and to your kingdom and to the people that need to hear who you are. Because you're God and we love you so much. Lord, we also thank you for um, all the resources you've given us. Lord, as we take this offering, it's just us giving back to what you already own. And we love you so much. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're in North Charleston this Sunday, please consider visiting us at our 9 o'clock or 1130 services. We'd love to see you. Again, for more information, visit riverbluff.org. Now go change the world.